You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. I'm glad that you are listening today. Make sure before you you, you go on with this episode that you, you look back and see if there may be some other episodes that you'd be interested in. For example... The last episode that that we had was about the Chicago fire and then moving back to Chicago. And it's, I think it's really some interesting stuff. I think it's a quite honestly an, an underserved story in Chicago sports. So I tried to do my best with it with a little bit of help from uh, Danny Santa Ramita. And I think it turned out really, really well. All right. Here's what I'd like to talk about today. I'm sitting in my office because I feel like I saw something pretty remarkable this morning. And before I tell you about it, I will uh, do a little bit of a a reveal about me, if you care about me. Um, I used to play tennis, like, pretty seriously. Like, I I had a a 4.0, like, USTA rating at one point in my life. I mean, it was a long time ago. I mean, it was literally 25 years ago that I had that, but I used to love playing. And when I moved out to Homewood from the South side of the city, I honestly, like I learned by watching, I had never been coached ever in my life. And I didn't make HF's team um, because I wasn't, I mean, they were at the time they were super good, but I remember the coach saying that if I was at any other school in the conference, I would be their number one player. And it was really weird to me. That I had had like no formal training in tennis. Anyway, a humble brag for sure. I haven't picked up a racket in 25 years after playing pretty seriously. Um, I still love the game. I love to watch really great players. And if you've listened to, to me, whether it's on the air or on the podcast, you also know that I'm a firm proponent of money on the table. I like when there's something on the line. For the most part, I will watch anything, anything, if there is money on the line. And watching Wimbledon Sunday morning was a real treat. Like I had gone out, you know, you get your day started or whatever, water the plants, like that sort of thing. And I came back and just sat and watched Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer go at it and watching these guys and there's a chase like there's a legitimate chase that's going on 
where Roger is probably going to go down if he can muster a couple as the greatest of all time. And I think that he is very deserving of that. But Joker is, is, is here for it. He is here for all of the smoke and wants to be wants to be talked about the same way that Roger and Nadal are talked about when it comes to men's tennis. And I, I thought the match was just incredible. I, I know it's, it's weird for me. I don't know if you got into it at all. I don't know if it's your thing, but I love when there is stress involved in a sporting event. It's one of my favorite things about sports is seeing what happens when that stress is applied and who in the moment can make the big play or make the big shot. I'm watching Roger Federer with some of his drop shots that he was hitting. You know what else is crazy about Roger? I know I just like totally jumped my my logic train here, but what's crazy about him when when there's an open court. So like let's say you get your opponent off balance. If you don't know what I'm talking about in tennis, like the players on the other side of the court, you've got a free like kill shot on the ball. A lot of players like they will take their frustration out and absolutely slam the ball. You've probably done it in ping pong or pickleball or whatever. And I, what I love about Rogers is that Rogers like, nah, man, I just need to get the ball on the ground as quickly as possible. Boop. And he did that over and over again to Djokovic. And I, I wondered if it annoyed him because a lot of times, like it's an emotional, like it's an emotional release where you've got this open shot and you can absolutely kill the ball. And he just is like, no, I just want to, I just want the point. He's very efficient as a, a tennis player. Anyway, if you didn't see the match, it, it went to, uh, 24 games in the fifth set and then a tiebreaker after that to decide who was going to win Wimbledon and watching those dudes like exhaust themselves was a lot of fun. And I remember NBC sports Chicago, they put up a a poll, like what in sports is most like what we saw this morning. And I replied with the Rams Kansas city game from last year. Remember that game, that Monday night game that was insane. That was just back and forth and offense, 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 like all this stuff. It reminded me of that because of the because of the play, like the play itself. You've got a great shot. Roger makes a great shot. Joker makes a great shot. Joker makes a great save. Roger makes a great save. They're breaking each other's serves. It looks like you know, Roger's got the, the match won. He gets his serve broken, and then it just goes on and on and on. It reminded me of that Monday night game because I didn't want it to end. I, wanted, I didn't want anyone to lose, and I wanted those guys to keep playing because it was so fun. The strategy, the the choices that were made, like Roger was was taking some really interesting risks on when to come to the net, like coming to the net off of Joker's forehand, like all sorts of stuff. And I'm just sitting there like neither one of these guys deserves to lose. They don't deserve to lose. And that that's how I felt in the, the Kansas City Rams game. 
Now, look, in that game, there was almost no defense. Although I do think that I believe the Rams had like three interceptions in that game. But when you're throwing the ball 700 times, you're going to get three interceptions. But it was just so cool to lose myself in sports. And that's what I felt like I was doing. I felt like we were watching the best of the best compete. And while we we had the joy of watching these guys compete, you could just sit there and go, man, look at this. This is incredible. And like all the pageantry that goes with Wimbledon, it, it's hard to not be moved by it. Where you, you've got the royal family there for whatever that's worth. You have all these people that are dressed up to see you play in the final. It's very proper. Everyone has to wear white and all of that stuff. And they're very appreciative. Like the Wimbledon crowd is very appreciative. And they had two players there that they adore. Roger clearly is the favorite. You know, that he's he's a really great ambassador for the game. I've always liked him. And I forget which final it was, but I remember him losing. It may have been to Djokovic years ago or maybe to Nadal. And he was just sitting there and he was like, man, like I'm... I'm broken up about this. And you saw like this raw emotion from him and it just kind of came out. And I, I was so impressed with his willingness to let us know as an audience that it hurt him to lose that match. Like it really hurt and he wasn't trying to hide it. Now, obviously this match, this particular match hurt quite a bit. And he was still like so graceful in the, in the post game, like right there on center court. That's the thing about tennis, man. Like, it's very lonely. Now, look, I am someone that I've always been involved in team sports, but I do like, I like running, for example. Like, I started running a few years ago, although lately I haven't run in six months um, just because my body won't allow it. But the solitude of running is really fun to me. Tennis is high stress and you're pretty much on your own. And I kept thinking about it like golf is is a is a nice comp. But even in golf, you have your caddy with you. Like you're walking the course with the caddy with tennis at that level. It's just you versus the other guy, you versus the other woman. And to go, hey, it wasn't the course. In golf, I could I could make the excuse of I lost to this course. You know, I, I didn't do all the right things I needed to do to get around that tree or get the ball over the hazard. You're playing against another human being who is also out there by themselves in tennis. And it's you versus them. Who's going to crack? It amazes me that we don't see more tennis players really go crazy. Because the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And it's one of the reasons why I have so much respect for Federer is, is that he does have those moments when he allows his he allows his emotions to be seen, but it never seems to overwhelm him while he's playing. Like uh, Kyrgios, that guy is overwhelmed by his emotions. He's a really good player, but... He can't get over how emotional he is. 
And I think it's what's kept him from from really realizing all the talent that he has. I know you're like, wait, are we really doing a whole tennis podcast? Yes. It's one of the things I enjoy. And quite honestly, it's one of the things. It's exactly why I have this podcast, because this is something that I would never talk about on the score. Not because I'm ashamed of my tennis past, but there's no room for it. There's stuff like the the Cubs have won three in a row. Like everything seems to be quiet in Cubland for a while. Like there's a lot of stuff to get into, but I just love this type of stuff. I love championship level stuff. I don't. I don't know what. Maybe it's the competition junkie in me. Like I don't care. I I will watch the the cornhole championships. I'll watch a guy bowl his last frame if something's on the line. I'll watch the World Series of Poker. Can I just take a quick detour for a second? So I'm watching the World Series of Poker. Can can we get rid of all the dudes that are like stunting? Enough with the hoodie over your head and the sunglasses. Like enough. Enough. All right, back to the tennis. It was just great to sit there. And I don't know if you're if you're a tennis fan or not. But if you aren't a tennis fan, I wonder if you ran by it and stopped because it was one of those things where like, really? Like these guys are just gonna keep going? They're gonna keep playing? Oh, okay. Count me in. It's those type of moments that, as a sports fan, I really appreciate. And some of that has to do with what I do for a living. I've expressed this before, but for those of you who are new, hey, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it. After spending so much time covering sports, there is a tendency to feel disconnected from them. I actually explained this to a buddy of mine in the barbershop on Saturday he was asking me about being a Bears fan. And I'm like, kind of not a Bears fan anymore. And he's like, why? And I said, well, I cover the team. It's very clinical. It's, you know how the sausage is made is what I always say. Like imagine working at Pizza Hut or Domino's every day of your life and having Pizza Hut or Domino's every day of your life. Eh, you might like pizza, but you don't like it that much. And that's kind of how I am. Like, that's that's kind of how I feel about the Bears as, as an entity. Now, I still have some fandom. Like, I, I still have the White Sox fandom is still very strong in me. My fandom for DePaul is really strong in me. But overall, I like a good sports story. And I love when there's money on the table. And that's exactly what it was Sunday. Like, it was such a great little thing. You run across it and you're like, yeah. Same thing as the, the, the women's national team last week. Where, I don't know if you're a soccer fan or not. But it, it's real easy to kind of wrap a sporting event inside of the flag and enjoy it. To have a rooting interest. I don't dislike Novak Djokovic. Actually, I think he's amazing. And I thought that his speech afterwards was pretty good, too. I would consider myself a Roger Federer fan and I want Roger to win. And even watching those two guys like slug it out, you can't be anything but impressed by both dudes and especially Joker because he, he has set his sights on wanting to be one of the greatest players that's ever lived. He's already that, but setting your sights to be the greatest player who's ever lived, I, I think is admirable. And it was a lot of a, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun 
So I just wanted to share, man. Like that's all. I just I just needed some space to talk about Wimbledon and tennis, and maybe I'll pick up a racket again. It said that the, the they the players are tracked like they are in football and baseball now. And it said that, that those guys throughout their match went three and a half miles. I think Roger went three and a half miles and Joker went 3.7 miles. Now, let me put that into perspective for you. In the U.S. Women's National uh, World Cup final, like Megan Rapino ran five miles. But think about that for a second. Think about the space that the players are confined to on a tennis court. And how much running back and forth they had to do to accumulate three and a half miles or 3.7 miles versus a soccer field. Crazy, right? Like those guys were cr- like running around like crazy people. It was really impressive. Drop shots for days. Roger Federer's slice is just that's how I used to get people back in the day, man. I used to get them with the slice. I don't think we 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 gonna rally all day and then boop. It's a nice little slice. You can't get to it. You don't know that I have that in my arsenal. I wonder what would happen if I picked up a racket. I got into a conversation with a buddy of mine, my, my man Steve Lippo. We were talking about like rackets. And I'm like, do they still make rackets? Like are they still making um I was head. Head was mine. Are they still making those? They still making good uh Deodora still making good tennis shoes? I need to give me a contract. Anyway, I hope you enjoy Wimbledon. I did. And I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was fun to be able to talk about something that's a little bit off the beaten path. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow.